Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Jackson Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi-Williams. About time we had a pro in here, and I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world More we this week. More, more we. It's more we. More we. More we. That's right. I like it. On this podcast, Scott and Evan were in San Francisco, California, for the Players Technology Summit. Oh my goodness. You guys had a heck of a time. It, it was a good group of people, a room full of venture capitalists, a room full of entrepreneurs, and most interestingly, Barr, a room of athletes. And I didn't know how many athletes would make the full day, but these guys were sitting in the front row. They were engaged, and we're talking current current athletes, former athletes, Joe Montana, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, but uh, one stood out among the whole group, right, Evan? Yeah, Jalen Brown, a guard for the Boston Celtics. He's 21 years old. Uh, a perfect kind of example of this next generation of NBA players, you know, who grew up rooting for maybe not even Michael Jordan, you know, but LeBron James, a guy who has kind of changed the game for the way that NBA athletes can invest their money and become involved in companies. Uh, and yeah, Jalen Brown, 21 years old, as I said. Smart guy, he plays chess. He thinks he might be the best chess player in the NBA. He plays the piano. He took one year one year at Cal, but took grad classes while he was there. Really has a good head on his shoulders. Expecting big things from him, right, Scott? That bar, yeah, Eben had to go to Toronto for a little much-deserved time off. So he went from San Fran, red-eyed to Toronto. We split up. I made it back to the studio, landed at bright and early back in new york so i could see your pretty face oh man and 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 we have and my son jackson here hello there all right very good jackson i have a question for you you're nine years old do your friends prefer to watch tv or does everything that they like to do is it on the on the on their phone either their phones or their parents phones or an ipads um more on the phones and ipads and technology they have that's what they want. Yeah. So that whether it, uh, he plays Fortnite, by the way, Barr likes to play Fortnite. Believe Jackson it or not, does too. You see his eyebrows raised up. This uh, old man. He's plays like, he, Fortnite? Yeah, he's like, he's okay in my book. All of a sudden, 
But I mean, that's what this was about. You really got a sense, like Jalen Brown, he was discussing post-career planning. He was discussing getting a head start. He knows it doesn't last forever. He wants to get in on VC. He wants to get in on investment. And he's got an unbelievable head on his shoulders. Eben and I were so impressed with what he said among a group of veterans and among a group of professionals that we pulled him aside for about 10 minutes after his panel and grilled him on a bunch of things that he said and where he sees the league going, where he sees athletes going, and here is that interview. How old are you? I'm 21 years old. So you're an NBA player, you're 21, and yet you've chosen to spend part of your off season here at the Players Technology Summit in San Fran, flew in from Indonesia. Why do you feel important to be here instead of at the beach where I'm sure some of your cohorts are? Well, um, I came last year when I was 20 years old. This is my second year, so. I'm starting I, to think you have nothing else better to do. <laughs> no, like I, when I came um, I, and I sat down and got to hear all the information that was being shared, the, the second year coming back again was a no-brainer. You came from Indonesia. Tell us a bit about that experience. What was that like for you? Uh, it was fantastic, man. I had a great time. Um, just how the country treated me and opened open their arms to me was fantastic. I was blown away and amazed by like um, the, how much people like supported the Celtics, how much people supported the NBA. I guess halfway across the world, and, and they, they treated me. They really did treat me like a rock star. So. I appreciate that. For it's that. funny you hear NBA players go to China a lot. Yeah. Indonesia is not a country you hear all that much. What what, what brought you there? Um, the, um, Michael Levine actually hit me and said they, they needed somebody to go over there. So I was like, okay, I'll go. No, I'll Michael Levine you. from CAA? <laughs> no, from, <laughs> Michael from the NBA. I mean, so they, they um, might need somebody to go over there. And if I was available, I could go. And, and I told him I would be available and I love traveling something new for me and uh, I went over there and uh, it was probably one of the best things I've ever made. It was amazing. It seems like a lesson here for the younger players might be don't turn down opportunities. You just never know. Why not try a new experience? Exactly. You know, um, always try. I'm, I'm always open to trying new experiences. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to fall flat on my face or embarrass myself. I think those are the moments where true growth really happens. You know what I mean? Like when you when you make a mistake or when you when you embarrass yourself, those are the moments when you have to evaluate yeah. and do better. So I actually welcome those type of things and, and going over there was just a new experience out of my comfort zone. 20, 20 and a half hour flight, you know what I mean? Oh, completely away from everything that I know, my family. I'm out there isolated and I had the best time, you know what I mean? Uh, I learned so much about myself, about a different culture and, and now I can take those lessons and bring them back to the United States. What lesson did you take from an internship at a venture capital firm that you don't see a lot on NBA resumes? I took a lot of lessons. The first thing I learned actually when I interned at a VC is like you don't get paid for ideas, you get paid for execution. That's the first thing I ever wrote down in that in when I was working with the VC here in the, in, in the Bay. And that's carried so much weight for me because everybody has an idea. Everybody has a a plan or everybody has something they want to do but until you execute it ideas ain't ain't worth nothing they're getting off they're getting off your butt that's the hard part you need to do you like do you it. said so many people oh we, we should we should yeah, we should, we should. We very should. few actually do execute so is there a Jalen Brown 
drone company coming? Where are we going to see uh, the, the stuff you're learning kind of put forward in the market? You might. Don't put it past me. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas, but like you said, like I just said, execution is key. Sure. And timing is key. So um, right now, I'm really focused on, on, on my craft and basketball. I do a little here and there and, and try to continue to educate myself um, so I can have a, a, a better um, roller decks and things like that so I can reach out to people. But um, the surge is coming for sure. You just got off stage here in San Francisco. You were asked about disruptions that you see coming. Your answer was sports gambling. Uh, I'm curious how you see uh, this more legal uh, framework that we're seeing here in the U.S. affecting or disrupting sports. Well, without without it being legalized, look, look how influential it already is. You know what I mean? And I just think it's only going to go up from there. It's already a billion-dollar industry. And then with it legalized, I, I can only see it going up. You know, so seeing how the NBA incorporates it and seeing how other sports markets incorporates it will be, will be curious. You know what I mean? Uh, it'll be interesting, you know, to see, especially with the, the live gambling and the apps that are coming, that are being invented and are in the works now that people are investing into. It'll be curious to see how the NBA reacts, handles, and engages in this new NBA gambling situation because I think it's a big deal. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Where do you see the role for players kind of fitting into that ecosystem? We've seen the NBA make deals. Uh, the union, I know, is looking at it. I know individual players are. Where do you see the role for, for, for individual guys? Man, I, I am not sure. That, that's, the, that's the curiosity part where I'm sitting back and watching and seeing because I, I can make a, an assumption what I think is going to happen. But to be honest, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't want you know, this. This thing is a lot of money involved and, and people have done worse things for a lot less. So we'll see what happens with this thing. You know, what I was impressed with something Magic Johnson told me long ago that he can get a meeting with anybody because yeah. he was magic. And this was as a player. The minute a CEO sensed that Magic didn't really know what he was talking about, he asked for an autographed jersey and then kicked him out of the office. You know that you're 21 years old. You seem to know that already, that you need to strike while you have this platform. You understand the value that it presents to you. Absolutely. I think that's my probably the main reason why I'm here. Because I'm 21, it's not because I'm good looking. It's because no, no, it's not. No, definitely not. Me, me neither, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Good thing we're in this. Is, this is radio. <laughs> we got a good understanding of that. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely just because I think my, my my youth and my leverage and understanding what a lot of these guys are talking about and being able to be mature enough to handle that space at 21, I think is the reason why I'm here. And maybe because I can um, my influence, I can reach out to a lot more players my age and people that are younger than me because they'll listen. You know, so I think that's a big part about having influence and, and being able to use it the right way. I'm talking to Paul Rabel and Baron Davis about the modern athlete's voice. So you understand your platform of the NBA, but you also seem to well understand that there are platforms 
out there that maybe weren't there five, 10 years ago. And just a conference like this, mm-hmm. you've got to be encouraged about what can become. Yes, I'm super excited about the future. And then now the generation that we're in, you see things changing so much right in front of our eyes and we don't really step back to appreciate it. I think 10 years ago, me trying to do something would have been a lot harder than me trying to do it now. You know, so me speaking at Harvard would have been like brushed under the, the, the woodshed. Like now people appreciate it in a different sense. And it's not like, oh, he's not focused on basketball. It's like, oh my, like, wow, he's doing something productive with his time as well. So um, I'm just appreciative of that. And I think we just got to continue to carry that narrative. You know, the adage used to be athletes want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be athletes. athletes. So you say you deal with Diddy now, but you have no interest in producing an album. You want to get his business acumen. Yeah. And it's it's not, it's it's just not even a, 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 I guess you just say it was an understudy, not even just um, taking notes. You know what I mean? Talking to him and hearing how he thinks, you know what I mean? Hearing how he goes about his actions, his approach, that type of stuff means a lot to me. He doesn't have to give me any business insight of what he's doing next. Just the, the here's how he approaches and how he strategizes and things like that gives you a lot of insight if you pay attention to it. My father yeah. was a military guy, you know what he used to say? Right. Very simple, eyes open, mouth shut. Eyes open, mouth shut, exactly. I'm not talking too much when, when he's in the room and things like that. And uh, I remember when I first had a meeting when I was 18, um, coming into the league, and he was telling me about multiple means of influence. So I had a, a tremendous, a tremendous experience with that, and and, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And this took me to the place I am now. Right, Jalen Brown, Boston Celtics. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Man, Bar, that is one impressive young mm. professional athlete, right, Evan? Absolutely, and and I get the feeling that there are going to be more and more athletes like him. You know, who at an earlier age, at an earlier part in their career are starting to make the smart decisions about what to do with their money. And it's nice to see young men smart with their money. Go ahead. That was Scott and Evan speaking with Boston Celtics' Jalen Brown at the Players Technology Summit in San Francisco. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick, a younger Soshnick, Jack. You go by Jack? There he goes, Jackson. We go full-fledged Jackson. All right. Who calls you Jack? I call you Jackie sometimes. All right. And Evan Novi Williams. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your vacation, Evan. But we are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Sport Radar co-founder and CEO Carson Carl. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.